What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's up, everybody? Matt Kajeski here, back again with the Stochastic DFS channel. And today we're talking college football DFS. It's week nine. We've got plenty of weekday games, 27 straight days of football. And we've got a Friday slate here, two games to break down. Before we get started, make sure to hit that thumbs up button, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notification bell so you know when this and all other content goes live. We're also brought to you guys today by Prize Picks. And if you don't know Prize Picks, they are a daily fantasy platform based on player props. You're making lineups of player props going over, under, and all your traditional statistical metrics for football, you know, passing yards, receiving yards, rushing yards, touchdowns. They have all of it. And you can do this across sports. If you're a fan of NBA, MLB, NFL, whatever it is, you can mix it with college football. There's plenty of sports to choose from. And you can make lineups of up to five players where you can 10 extra entry fee. And better yet, they have a phenomenal offer for you guys. If you click the link in the video description below and make a deposit for the first time, you are going to get a one-match deposit bonus of up to $100 and one free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum. So make sure to take advantage of prize picks. All right, we're going to dive into this, heading to our data usage tool, two-game slate. On the back end, up at the top, you're seeing all the matchup-specific data we have. Seconds per play, that is a pace metric. You're seeing pass rates, offensive, defensive line matchups, our Vegas data, and then how these defenses interact with the offenses. Yardage allowed per game, both on the ground and through the air. And then per attempt, providing some context. For example, you've got East Carolina here allowing 278 passing yards per game about, but 9.3 yards per attempt. Situations like that could be ones to attack. But that is just an example here. We'll kick off this two-game slate with East Carolina taking on BYU East Carolina heads to Provo. They're going up to elevation total in this game is 63 and a half points. This should be a fun game up tempo pass heavy environments on both sides. East Carolina is 71st in pace. That's about average passing 55.8% of the time. And it's been an awesome year for veteran quarterback Holden Hilaire's. He's averaging 303.6 passing yards per game on 37 and a half attempts. The efficiencies there, the volumes there. Holton Alaire's is mobile. He only has 48 yards this year, but in three other seasons in his career, he's been over 200 rushing. So what that really means to me is he's not much of a risk to get negative yards, which gives him a solid floor in this matchup. And BYU has been decimated by injury on defense. They're only allowing 7.5 yards per attempt, but that's gotten worse and worse throughout the year as injuries have accumulated for that team. So Holton Alaire's top two quarterback without a doubt on this slate. You're going to notice a common theme is East Carolina's players are just awesome plays today. In the backfield, Rajai Harris is out. 
Keaton Mitchell's taken on a monstrous role without him. And this is kind of ebbed and flowed depending on game flow. Last week, he only had 16 carries, four targets, still 20 touches, but they blew out UCF. In competitive games, Keaton Mitchell's had the upside for absurd workloads. In their second most recent game, he touched the ball 33 times. 6,800, not enough for Keaton Mitchell. He's averaging 98 rushing yards per game, another 18 through the air on 17.4 touches. And again, a lot of that with Harris in the game. Harris is out. Immense workload for Mitchell. You're also seeing Marlon Gunn play a change of pace role. He's a freshman for them. Highly efficient, 42.7 rushing yards per game. He's added eight more receiving yards and just 8.8 touches. He touched the ball 13 times himself in the last game. Again, this is going to ebb and flow. If they're crushing teams, you're going to see more Gunn. If it's close, you're going to see more Mitchell. But Gunn certainly viable at 3,400 as your change of pace on a two-game slate. In the receiving room, we've got two straight alphas in Isaiah Winstead and C.J. Johnson. Winstead has a 29.8% target share this year. He's averaging 101 receiving yards, 10.9 targets per game. He's worth paying up for. C.J. Johnson coming off the massive game last week, 12 targets for him there. He's only averaging six targets per game on the year, but 82 receiving yards. He's been hyper-efficient. The target's difference between these two, you've got Winstead at 86, C.J. Johnson at 49, but Johnson's taken on a larger role down the stretch, so he's still worth playing at his price. The third leading receiver is tight end Ryan Jones. 5.5 targets per game for him, 42.5 yards He's recently seen more work because Shane Calhoun got injured. Now, this team will use a fair amount of 12 personnel, but Calhoun's potential absence would just solidify the role for Jones. Calhoun, not much of a role himself, but he's about 40 to 50% of the snaps when active. And then their wide receiver three's been a bit of a rotation. Jalen Johnson played the role. He got injured. He returned last week, but only 13% of the routes. Josiah Hatfield has actually played that role pretty consistently over the last couple. Only three targets apiece in the last two games, but you look at the routes run for Josiah Hatfield, 71% and 84% over the last two weeks. He's very cheap, 3,700, so you could throw a dart with Josiah Hatfield right now. But overall, I'm trying to get at least one of Winstead and Johnson into lineups with a slight preference to Winstead. Jones, I think, is a solid GPP play. Then you've got your Josiah Hatfields as kind of your GPP options. BYU, Jaron Hall, he's seen a little bit of reduced efficiency of late. This team still is a pass rate above 50%, a little bit above East Carolina in terms of tempo, but Jaron Hall, 261.5 yards per game on 33 attempts, a little more mobile than Holton Alaire's, 126 yards on the ground for him. But a lot of people are questioning his health. Is he injured at this point? It's hard to tell. BYU certainly not going to tell you, but... Sub 50% completion last week. It's a little eye-opening and at least raises the question. But we'll talk about the next game in a little bit. There's two very clear quarterback plays. They're both in this game. So if you're playing like cash lowers contest, you're just locking in both Hall and Alaire's. In the backfield, this team has really struggled to run the ball this year. East Carolina is only allowing 3.3 yards per attempt. Christopher Brooks is out. You saw Miles Davis barely out-touched Puka, no, excuse me, barely out-touched Lapini Katoa last week. Four touches for Davis. Katoa just won. I don't know what to make of this. Katoa has not been efficient whatsoever, but he's been the preferred pass catcher on the year. Miles Davis is a younger player for them, an explosive player. They used him as a lead back at times, but then he got injured. Now he's back. The interesting thing to me is he still only carried two times. Puka Nahua led the team in carries with four. This team is abandoning the run. I think you can use Davis or Katoa's GPP plays, but like, 
Puka Nahua is their best player right now, and they're getting him the ball at all costs. And with that, I think we could just move to wide receiver. We do not have Cody Epps. He's out, already ruled out, so not good for his status moving forward. Then you have Gunnar Romney, who is questionable for this game. As usual, the coaching staff use the word hopeful in terms he would play. They use that every single week. Sometimes they play, sometimes they don't, so watch warm-ups. You can be confident Gunnar Romney is the wide receiver too when healthy. Otherwise, Pukunahua, he's locked into a monstrous role. He has 11 targets in back-to-back games. He has six carries and four carries in the last two games. They're just giving him the ball every single which way they possibly can. Just touches overall, 17 and 15 in the last two games for Pukunahua. He should be the most expensive receiver on the slate, and he's 5,800. He is the single best play on the board. So let's talk about this if Romney's out, because we mentioned he's the wide receiver too when healthy. If he's out, you're going to see some combination of Keanu Hill, and I believe you're going to see Chase Roberts operate as the two and the three. If Romney plays, I think Keanu Hill would be the three over Roberts, but don't feel great about that. So Keanu Hill, he's averaging 4.1 targets per game, 49 yards. Chase Roberts is averaging... 4.7 targets per game, 38 yards. Roberts has been hurt himself. He's now back. They've sort of eased him into action. So I'll look at these two separately. Keanu Hill has at least a 70% route share in all but two games this year. Chase Roberts had been seeing 70% of the routes, but then he got hurt, missed three games. And now he's been at 37% and 42.5% on his way back from injury. That's why I slightly prefer Hill, but I think those are the top three receivers, assuming Romney misses. You're also going to see Braden Cosper come in. He's got about a 40% route share on the year. He's a fourth option here. Isaac Rex splits time at tight end. Really, no matter what happens, early early in the year is with Dallin Holker. He's gone now. Mason Wake got hurt. He's more of a fullback tight end hybrid. But now you're seeing a couple other guys, Ethan Erickson in particular, siphon off some snaps from Rex. I'd rather play any of the four receivers, five if Romney plays ahead of him. Let's go to Louisiana Tech FIU. This is a game with a 57 total, a six and a half point spread in favor of Louisiana Tech. Both teams fast, both teams pass heavy. Louisiana Tech 36th in pace, FIU 42nd. Louisiana Tech 57.6 pass rate, FIU 54.4. Should be a fun game. Louisiana Tech is down their starting quarterback, Matthew Downing. They've talked about using three guys at quarterback. I really think it's just a two horse race between Parker McNeil and Landry Liddy. Both of them are cheap. There's a chance you see them both in the game, which renders them GPP viable. If you could guarantee me one of them plays the whole game, I would have interest as a pay-down option in cash games, lowers contest, but we can't make that guarantee. Parker McNeil's actually been really efficient this year. He's averaging 232.7 yards per game on just 26 attempts. That's because of the, t- the, the timeshare at times. The issue with him is he's not mobile, but he's the best passer that we have at the group, at least the most proven passer. Landry Liddy has not played much to this point. He's got eight attempts on the year, 54 passing yards. He's only rushed the ball twice, but he has 11 yards there. He's a freshman. So, I mean, there is upside with Landry Liddy. We have no idea really what we're getting. I think you watch and see who takes first team reps because in practice, these guys have been splitting. And then you could throw some darts at the guy who takes first team reps in practice in tournaments. Otherwise, I'm staying away. For the backfield. Greg Gardner led the team to start the year, and I, I haven't seen an injury on him. I scoured the internet to see why he just had one touch in their last game, but I think it's honestly just inefficient play. He's been terrible, and Marquise Crosby has been really good, 
So I, I think it's just a straight up good old Crosby beat out Gardner. Crosby's averaging 62.7 rushing yards per game. He's actually semi-involved as a pass catcher. Another yard there, but that role's increasing. First of all, this team doesn't throw a lot to running backs, so you just have to know that coming in. Like Crosby leads the team with five targets of this group. Mostly what you're getting is ground game work. Crosby now has at least 15 touches in two of the last three games. He's efficient. He should lead a timeshare here, and this is important because he's the stone minimum. So if you're looking for a player in this range, Crosby makes some sense. Charvis Thornton is the same price, the stone minimum, but he's clearly behind Crosby and touches. On the year, Crosby averages 12.3, Thornton 6.3. Gardner, I think, is getting phased out entirely, so I'm not worried about him. But I'll play Crosby as the lead. Thornton may be in some tournaments just as a contrarian option. Pass game, you've got a team that likes to run four wide. So two clear options at the top, Trey Harris and Smoke Harris. I do personally believe that Trey Harris should be more expensive than Smoke Harris on DraftKings. It's the opposite on FanDuel. Trey Harris, 5,300, Smoke, 62. Trey should be, the prices should just be flipped. But Trey Harris averaging 83.9 receiving yards, not passing yards. Trey Harris averaging 83.9 receiving yards per game, 9.1 targets. Smoke Harris comes in with 60 receiving yards on 7.7 targets. The one thing I'll say here is if you look at the last four games, they're basically seeing the same volume, 9.5 targets per game for Trey, 9.3 for Smoke. Try and play one of these two guys for sure, but there's going to be some ancillary pass catchers that pop up here too. Tight end Griffin Herbert, and we'll say tight end with quotations because he plays out wide and in the slot quite a bit. He got hurt, and I have not been able to find any status update on him. He's clearly the third most involved when healthy. 5.5 targets per game, 67.2 yards. That's awesome for his price. If he plays, more than comfortable getting to him. If he doesn't, we've seen Nate Jones take over for him. He's the stone men. Just two targets apiece in each of the last two games. Not really much upside with Nate Jones. And I don't really want to play him because you've got Crosby at the stone men. And you've also got new wide receiver three, Cyrus Allen. Cyrus Allen just straight up beat out Kyle Maxwell at receiver. Another situation where guys get beat out. Maxwell's been terrible. He has 99 receiving yards on the year. Cyrus Allen has 244 on essentially the same volume. And that's not considering routes. Maxwell was the lead earlier this year. And now you've seen Cyrus Allen take over that role. If you want to dive into specifics with routes earlier in the year, you had Maxwell above 70%, at least in two games. He dropped down to 25 last week. And you saw Cyrus Allen now two weeks in a row, 70% of the routes, 77%. He is the stone minimum, and he is playable at this price. Going to FIU, lowest implied team total on the board, but not by a lot. They got Gunnar Holmberg back from his concussion, but they opted to continue using Grayson James. This team throws a lot, so James, I think, is viable as a tournament playing, averaging 198 yards per game. It would be higher if they didn't get blown out so much. They just use Hayden Carlson when they're down by 40 points sometimes. He's mobile, 145 yards on the ground. That's solid for Grayson James. I think he's clearly behind ECU and BYU signal callers, but he is in play. He's certainly in play. In the backfield, Lexington Joseph appears to have worked himself ahead of EJ Wilson and Kajon Owens a little bit here. 17 carries in their last game and a target. That's 18 touches. You had EJ Wilson coming in with eight excuse me, eight carries, two targets of 10 touches. And then Kajon Owens only four. But in a timeshare, it looks like Lexington Joseph is slightly ahead. Then matchup here is key. Louisiana Tech allowing 6.8 yards per rush attempt. 
That's unbelievable. I don't think a lot of people are going to play FIU backs, but the matchup here is great. I think they're tournament viable with a preference towards Lexington Joseph. In the past game, we're now getting a lot of clarity. This team, we well, we knew Tyrese Chambers was the one to start the year. He was banged up, missed most of their third most recent game, missed all of their second most recent returns. He's 12 targets immediately, not worried about him. 8.8 targets per game, 67.5 yards. Those numbers would be higher if not for the injury. Wide receiver two all year in terms of routes has been Chris Mitchell. Well, not all year, but at least most of the year, and especially of late. He's played more snaps and run more routes than Jalen Bracey, and we finally saw the targets flip. 11 targets for Mitchell last week, four for Bracey. Mitchell's just been better. He has 246 yards to Bracey's 194. I think the targets and routes continue to go Mitchell's way over Bracey. So if I'm playing a wide receiver two, it's Mitchell here. Bracey would be a distant third. And then no one else is really too viable outside of just like real big tournament dart throws. Dean Patterson's back to being the wide receiver four. Josiah Miaman is splitting time with Rivaldo Flair, Fairweather at tight end. Neither are particularly viable there. Want to stick with Chambers and Mitchell for the most part. Bracey is the tournament option for this team. But that'll do it for us on the two-game slate. Let me know what you think in the comment section. If you like any of these plays, disagree, I would love to hear from you. Hit the thumbs up button and subscribe to the channel on the way out. I can't tell you how much that helps us. And then if you'd like to reach out on Twitter, you can find me at Matt underscore Kajeski, more than willing to chop it up, talk some college football, whatever it is you guys want to talk about. Otherwise, good luck. We'll be back tomorrow with the full main slate breakdown ahead of week nine. Good luck, everyone. We will see you guys then. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.